Good morning, good afternoon, good night. It's Xavi. If you know me, I'm happy you're here. If you don't, I converted a moving truck into a tiny home amidst the pandemic, gave up my place, and hit the road. Starting in Vancouver, I drove to Miami and realized that there was too much adventure not to share. So to fill you in on my journey, the Play On Foundation presents the Two Degrees Podcast. Why two degrees? Because I'm now a snowbird and escaping two degree weather. I built the truck wrong and the majority of the weight is on the passenger side, so we're tilted at two degrees. But also, I'm going to catch up with industry professionals who I'm glad to call friends and bring you two degrees of separation away from them and what they do. So, welcome to the Two Degrees Podcast, brought to you by the Playon Foundation for Neurological Research and Brain Aneurysm Detection and Prevention. To learn more about the Playon Foundation, check out www.letsplayon.org. But for now, enjoy the show. But first, a quick word. Do you like mangoes? <laughs> of course you do. And if you don't, well, I'm sure there's a high chance you might know someone who does. Well, the Two Degrees Podcast is sponsored by Peeled Fruit. No, not just random fruit that's been peeled, but the children's book about a mother's love language of peeling mango for her baby. Available for delivery on bookbaby.com, bookshop.org, Barnes & Noble, Powell's, and Amazon, just to name a few of the retailers. It even ships worldwide. Check out at Peeled Fruit Book on Instagram for more information on how to get your copy of this heartwarming story. Peeled Fruit, illustrated by Rhoda Domingo. Yeah, let's dive in. Let's have some fun and hopefully it, What's it up, lies. brother? <laughs> What's going on, my man? Not Look, I haven't seen you since like fucking Tiff, like four, four, yeah. am I allowed to swear? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it. You're allowed to do whatever you want to do on this. All right, wanna, sick. Yeah. it's good. I'm not wearing pants, so this is, this is perfect. Hey, coincidence, neither am I. <laughs> Dude, this is the way that podcasts are supposed to go. This is just, this is how I, I feel like this is what's missing in in these type of podcasts. It's like just that honesty and that, that you know, that directness. Got to keep it fast and loose. Have you ever, have you ever auditioned for anything with, with no pants on? that the character i've done like i've i played a stripper and so i i walked in and it was very (laughs) i've never done this but like i was wearing tearaways you remember those nice those fun bad boys and it was perfect because it was like all right let's let's get into this (laughs) and just ripped it off You you didn't like knock yourself backwards i saw a video of a guy trying to take off tearaway pants and he just like lifted his legs out from under him and smashed his head on the sidewalk what but he carried it off like what a champ but no i was asking if you have ever actually done like a tape or an audition where the character didn't it doesn't involve yeah it doesn't involve any nudity or take anything off but you just like had no pants on anyway because it was like a choice and again it gives you like a secret (laughs) i did that for uh this newest star trek that's out um i ended up doing like a day on and auditioned for it and did the whole thing with no pants on and it was a zoom audition it wasn't a tape yeah. so i was talking with people like doing lines of people no pants 
thinking I was getting away with it. And I think I was. And then right as we finished, they're like, okay, can you stand up and slate for us real quick? And I was like, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I could. And I did this like in, in weird scramble move of like, yeah, let me just, um, the table's bolted down. So let me see if I can move it back. Give me one second. I did like a military tumble and like threw some pants on and got back within six seconds. But I think they knew. I don't think there was any like hiding. That was probably was why hiding. they asked you to slate just to confirm. You were doing yeah. your audition and they were like, he's not, he's not wearing your pants. This dude has some pants off energy right now for the start. <laughs> I, I do, I do like that. And I want to incorporate that somehow where it's like to have a secret. Have yeah. your own little no, it's good. I remember, I, I think it was like Don Rickles or something. I remember reading about something he had said when I was a kid and it was like, he, he would go into every room auditioning for something and he would prior to going in fill up his shoes with maple syrup and he would walk in with maple syrup shoes because it was only something that he would know and it just leveled him out maybe he was kidding maybe it was he's just full of shit but i did it with the pants thing and uh ended up booking that shit so maybe it works i don't know kind of energy i like that ego out of it maybe that's the key i that's like the most basic way i think to take out ego is to just put yourself in a precarious situation like that what other things do you think you can do in terms of uh, going into an audition with a secret with a secret yeah uh well if it's not taking your pants off or it's not filling your 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 shoes with maple syrup because it all sounds like it has to be something physical it all sounds like yeah, oh, like maybe I'll wear it. like like 17 nicotine patches on my back and just like be wired and they won't be able to see and it'll just be all over me. Maybe that could work. But I guess I guess the practice is, yeah, to just have something different that's going on so you can have a healthy separation between huh. like yourself and the character when you're actually putting yourself on tape for something. Yeah. I don't that, know. That's, that's also a, another thing that you have to incorporate now it's everything's taped so you're not really going in the room yeah we live in a different world yeah i mean i guess if if studios ever come back and and casting directors feel like shelling out money to rent places all over again then i will try i'm going to get back to you and one day i will just walk in and take my hands off I good. just, yeah. I just think that that would be a, uh, mm, no, really I'm, a solid way to make your mark. I'm going to adopt that. I promise you that as the first time I'm going to go back in the room, once this industry decides to do all that stuff again, maybe I'll I do just, it in a yeah. screen test. I'll Dude. go in without underwear. I'll go. I think <laughs> I will go in no pants, no underwear. <laughs> I'm going to let it all hang out. I'm going to hang a rat. And I think because like everybody's going to be so nervous, everybody's going to be so on edge when in room stuff comes back. It's going to be like, oh my God, I hope we don't like embarrass any of the actors or anything like that. And so to go in and just make everybody feel very comfortable oh my God. by directing attention straight to my freaking balls. Like, I think that's, that's the, that's the key. That'll help us ring in. 2027 or whenever the fuck we get back in there i don't know that's the key that's the hey you want to be successful have a secret keep a secret on you yeah i also feel like it's not like the first time that like a casting director would be like hey you want to be successful take your pants off i feel like (laughs) that kind of (laughs) 
<laughs> the, the, the has, has been on the table there. That's a... yeah, yeah. That's, oh, it's, it's 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 been a it's been a Hollywood trick for a long time. I think. <laughs> hey, you want to be a star? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have a secret. I got one. You want to know what it is? Come in oh, the other room. God. Oh, All right. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh let's formally kick this off now. Everybody, <laughs> welcome to off track. This <laughs> podcast brought to you by the Play On Foundation. Today's guest, I had the pleasure of working alongside him i i want to say just over a decade ago um yeah and 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 i recall that day because i was like oh shit that's atticus and i felt like i was i was being inducted into i guess the next level of my acting career oh come on i'm working with with you know names now this is this is a big deal but everybody oh shush. and you might know him <laughs> if you're a music lover as atticus dean but yeah atticus hey man how are you i'm good thank you that was such a kind thing you just said um i i don't think you should think that way but i really appreciate it i'm good dude it's a nice yeah. sunny day in toronto finally i'm sorry you're experiencing rain over in Vancouver, yeah, but, but it's kind of par for the course. Like that's you live thing. there, you know what to expect. Both. We it it was sunny, yeah, and yeah. then it started to rain while the sun was out. I'm sorry. And one thing I noticed is weather channels just kind of gave up because every time you look at the forecast, it says there's fifty percent chance rain every day. Yeah, there's not much excitement they can bring to really any you know of those panels I mean? these days, I guess. Like they just gave up because they probably got it wrong so many times. They yeah. gotta start doing they gotta start doing like a like a like a streak or something. Like when the Oakland Athletics won uh 20 games in a row, they gotta just start going like, oh my god, 17th day in a row of like straight rain and like shitty cloudiness. Or we can we go for 18? Whoa! And like keep the people excited that way. Make it excited. Interesting. Yeah. Well, like some people have adopted, you know, the nickname of Rain Coover, which oh. I'm I'm a Toronto guy like through and through. So yeah. I when I first saw that I was like, you guys don't even have a cool nickname for your city. Like, why am I? <laughs> yeah, should call I... it pain, should call it Paincouver. <laughs> so <laughs> we can we can tell you're a comedy writer. That was uh... no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a I'm a pun creator. Every now and again, when the mood strikes, <laughs> that's about it. No, no, not a comedy writing bone in my body. No way. You're just full of comedic gold with your time uh, oh man but uh atticus no for real when i when i first started and like just because i don't know if you also remember but jordan johnson hines was also on that cast and this was for rainbow yes. connections yes and yeah like i grew up with him so when mm -hmm. we were both was like man is atticus doing this all right, I guess That's this so is funny, legit. Man. This is a legit pr project because, like, when you're doing a whole bunch of shorts at the beginning, you you don't really yeah. know what's gonna come of it or whatever. But then it's like having somebody who already had a resume mm -hmm. was like reassuring in a sense, where it's like, okay, cool. I guess we're doing. This is gonna be a good project. This is this is gonna work. That's so nice. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no, I remember. I remember uh, Kirei Paputz uh, was was the writer and director of that. And uh, that was one of those things. I think I had just 
done like some Disney Channel stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess sort of started to get some sort of name out there, but I'm not even kidding, dude, going into that project, like regardless of what the project is, like it could be a short, it could be a series, it could be a feature or anything like yeah. that. Um, and I think this, I've still maintained this like throughout my career, mm-hmm. but there is a level of um, unknowing and a complete lack of confidence going into like, I think every project. And it is, as you said, like for different people, different individuals to either see something on set or like see somebody or just have like a, a good sense after like a conversation with like a director or writer or something yeah. that all of that kind of goes away. And I'm not kidding. Like I came onto that thing and I was playing a part like extremely out of type. I'd never played like an asshole yeah. little thug kid and i was next to jordan as well who's like yeah. you know he was like six seven and towered over me and i'm supposed to be like the really mean one and yeah, i felt yeah. completely out of my depth but it was through like talking to jordan and just like talking to Kira about his vision and working with you for the first time that it all it just settled into itself yeah and it was almost that kind of like again that kind of like having a secret thing like my secret was i was fucking freaked <laughs> out and like super you uncomfortable wearing any pants when you super uncomfortable no pants the whole way through um i had to i was i mean dude i was asked to improvise like some really dicey dialogue yeah and it yeah. did not feel good to say it all but yeah. like thankfully everybody was just like such a team player and at the end of the day obviously like you're trying to tell the story that the writer and director like wants to tell. So yeah. taking it on the chin and just like trusting in him uh, really helped. I don't and know about I you. have lots of fond memories about that. I don't know about you, but yeah, like personally, and I still say it in interviews today, I absolutely adored that set and that experience. And yeah. I think that's one of my most favorite on-set experiences was that mm-hmm. project um and shout out to Kira. i hope he's still you know doing his thing and yeah he's around yeah i've i've, I've last time i was in toronto i actually grabbed a coffee with him and oh, nice. it's it's just it was such an incredible experience working with mm-hmm. the cast and and being in the location that we were at and yeah, i was felt fun. like i learned so much that day as an artist Mm-hmm. I learned how to be present. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of thing, it just, it just begets more success and more yeah. team play. Like it isn't every day and it's not every project that you can, you know, work together with yeah. whoever you're working together on the thing and kind of everybody sort of just lock in yeah. to the story and the importance and the vibe, like the vibe has to be, fucking immaculate and it needs to start from the top down um and it doesn't happen often like there have been a bunch of things i've done that are just they they really sadly like can feel like a chore which is like kind of shady to say you know because you know a lot of time like you just feel so blessed to even be working in the first place but then when you compare those sets and those experiences to something like the rainbow connection or like any 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 number of other shows i've done where there's just a a colloquial sense of togetherism on the right projects and it's it's addicting it's it's funny it's like you can do something where you don't exactly feel like yourself on something you don't feel like you're doing like maybe the best work in your life but you're seeing around you that like nobody really seems to care 
And then yeah. by the time you wrap that thing, like at least just speaking for me, when that has happened to me, I've I've kind of just I've lost the passion a little bit, and I mm. and I take a bit of time off and go and, and and there's a big like kind of reset almost. And then by the time I'm able to like do something else, that's the complete opposite experience. That's something that actually like means something to me and is yeah. and is creatively worthwhile and fulfilling. Then I'm so hungry coming out of it. I'm so excited to like go for the next one because it just, yeah, it, it, it begets more excitement and more passion and more creativity. Uh, I don't know if you feel the same way, but that yeah. is kind of a strange pattern. Yeah. yeah. Can, I, can you, can you go more into that too? Cause like for on my end, when I'm working on a project and I've been working on a project for X amount of months, yeah. um, it's, it, it does take a lot out of you energetically and you do yeah, need that reset. So what's that reset like for you? What do you do? What helps you get that motivation back? So um, for me, and I guess this has just kind of been a thing uh, since I was like a kid, but um, my, to, to, like, yeah, if I'm feeling off uh, or feeling like the drive isn't there, um, number one, the main thing was always just like, you know, refreshing your palate and, and just, allowing more stuff to wash over you like watching more movies watching older movies hmm. watching tv like reading books just like kind of keep keeping a connection to the art but having it disconnect and, and just let yourself absorb things let yourself just kind of not worry so much but pay attention to what other actors are doing in like the movies you love yeah uh, how, how how good movies can look and so i kind of that's been a constant for me for a while. Um, I'll just, and that's why honestly that COVID hit and it was just like the darkest, most in the doldrums time because like theaters were all closed and you yeah. couldn't really go anywhere. And there was no like environmental experience you could necessarily pull from. And uh, so it was, it was rough, I think for obviously for a lot of people for those first two years, but it was this, it was the select things that you'd miss out on that, that would give, life and, and career like the extra boost when you needed it that was kind of suddenly gone um but since things have come back like i've, I've found myself in a, in a very good headspace for probably the last year and a half which has been really nice um but apart from the you know access to other pieces of art and just letting them kind of wash over you and getting inspired again um yeah for me it's it's been the ability and the pivot into making music where did because you, where did you learn that though like that whole reset because for me and for a lot of other artists that i've brought in here whenever they needed to have that reset or they've come to a point of understanding that after working x amount of months or after working yeah. on a particular type of project they need to take that reset it was always a hard lesson Mm -hmm. at first was that the same for you i don't know if it was necessarily a hard lesson i think i just mostly saw it as kind of the norm or part of the job kind of from the get-go mm -hmm. uh the fact that like yeah obviously you're going to be bouncing from project to project uh yeah. you're going to be unemployed for a long time so i think there was this just kind of like subconscious understanding and acceptance that there is going to be a downtime there is going to be time when like you're you're not going to be as busy as you'd hope and so there are steps and things that you need to do that you have to keep in the back of your head to stay focused to stay driven 
in whatever way you need to do. Um, and thankfully, I mean, I guess it's 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 pretty lucky to have yourself be inspired and be driven by just kind of searching for other art in the world and taking it in um, and gleaning whatever meaning from it you possibly can, uh, which was enough for the longest time. And then um, I'm going to also ask, ask you this question, but the thing I was discovering after I think a, a string of a couple projects where, you know, that you were working, but the creative fulfillment wasn't entirely there. You were just like kind of happy to work, but yeah, kind of losing the passion maybe every now and again uh, for the craft, for acting. Uh, and I discovered that through other means, through like a side project, creating like your own creativity, you're making your own creative fulfillment. For me, yeah. like music helped balance everything out like so much. Yeah, I was suddenly like the 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 limits of of my 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 creativity weren't 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 kept down anymore just by going like oh my god I want I need to work on the next project because like I I have this fire inside that I mm -hmm. I need my voice to be heard yada 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 I need like to read somebody else's script I need to do somebody else's movie yeah to get that thing and it was feeling less and less fulfilling still like lucky and great and fun but not the fulfillment that I was used to like maybe when I was younger yeah and then through music I found it again and weirdly enough maybe not weirdly enough maybe it makes so much sense but by having that itch scratched mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was then able to you know revisit acting again in like an even more positive light of there are other outlets and there's always something you can make for yourself to like fuel that fire and to light that spark. Um, and so I was wondering if you have the same thing, if you have maybe like, obviously like, like the easy word would be hobbies, but like anything else that like really works yeah. those creative muscles outside of uh, the industry. You no, know, for sure. Um, like one big thing too is, is, and it's, it's very, bc of me to say where it's like going out into nature and just yeah man exploring and absolutely connecting with you know what's what's around us so that's a, definitely a part of my reset process yeah for sure getting off grid and <laughs> getting off instagram and all that yeah all that distracting stuff and then yeah like digging into the hobbies but like kind of exploring more through curious lenses versus just trying to distract myself from acting mm -hmm. where immersing myself in, in photography again and being so invested in it where I'll, I'll forget to eat. I think that's a yeah. good sign of when, you know, you're in a, you're in an artistic zone is when you absolutely eat because you're getting, you're getting fed and fulfilled in other aspects. Yeah. So doing photography every now and then pick up my guitar right now. I'm learning harmonica. Oh, nice. That's <laughs> so, sick. Um, stuff like that. And then um, one thing too, that I didn't document too much of, but um, I guess is like a, a stem from this podcast is like building my tiny home and just taking it on the road and exploring new cities and right on. putting myself in 
in not so comfortable situations mm-hmm. where it, it forces me to be present. <laughs> yeah, and for I sure. Think, I think that um, lends to the creative side when all of a sudden I, I do decide to jump onto a project. Yeah. Where yeah, I it just feel helps. like I'm at, yeah, I'm, at, I'm at a different place every time because of every time I, I reset, it's, it's, it's kind of like going to the gym where you're only going to, your muscles are only going to grow when you decide to rest them. Mm-hmm. If you just decide to go 30 days straight at the gym, you're not going to see any results. But then if you go for a week, take a day off, go for a week again, take two days off, then your body starts to change. Yeah. So, and that's how I feel when it comes to acting is like taking that reset, taking that time off and mm-hmm. just separating myself from, from that work. How did, uh, how did, how did you teach yourself to do that? I had to crash and burn, man. I had to, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. it was rough where, and it's, it's, it's interesting too, where I've kind of broken it down because I've spoken to a few other friends of mine about it and really flushed it out where as an artist, there's maturity levels to it. So where your work isn't going to get, your work is going to plateau if you think that that's all you have to focus on. Yeah. And I think it lends to the phrase of letting it go. Once you learn to let go, then all of a sudden the sky's the limit mm-hmm. where you're allowing yourself to live versus just sitting by your phone waiting for an audition to come through. Yeah. And allowing and allowing just the experience of life to further influence what you're able to do and what you're able to bring to the table. Yeah. Essentially letting yourself be a product of your environment, which I yeah. think is just huge. And I know that there are people who like aren't that way. And it mm-hmm. it 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 fascinates me. Because oh goodness, like, yeah. it's, it's just, it's obviously different strokes for, for different folks, but yeah. you're right. Like just, just the outside world and, and getting lost in nature, anything, anything like that, experiencing mm-hmm. a, a new city, going somewhere out of your comfort zone um, has such a profound effect on one's worldview yeah. and then how one can choose to operate and what to tap into creatively. Um, that for people who aren't necessarily that way, who are just kind of like able to conjure stuff kind of out of the blue or just from, from whatever and don't really need outside um, help, yeah. uh, kind of blows my mind. And I have, like, I have like two friends who think basically the opposite of me and operate that way. And they're just freaks. I, ju- I just, I love them to death. It's wild. <laughs> like, teach me your ways. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, so yeah. crazy. Oh, man it's 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 fascinating too where it's like and it took it took me a while to kind of really sit into the lesson where as an artist you're only as good as your experiences yeah and so you need to experience more than what is within your proximity you need to Mm -hmm. increase that proximity and your reach and travel and all that stuff and i'm curious if this happened to you though have you ever because like they always say if if you want to book a job book a flight book a vacation has that ever happened to you where 
you booked a vacation or something yeah. and all of a sudden a job came through yeah it is that that weird kind of constant where it's absolutely been nifting i think like probably three different times in my life um one was i was i was already on my way i was like on the road heading up north mm-hmm. uh when i got the call about something i don't know i was also on the road at a cottage once um the, the uh, show i'm on right now called the hardy boys um i got the audition for that and it was like a direct request it was like we can't find anybody to play this role so we're kind of expanding it but i didn't know that yet all i was getting was kind of a panicked call from from my agent going like yeah they're, 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 you're being asked for like personally specifically to put yourself on tape for this role it's for the show the hardy boys on hulu and i'm like oh that's great i read those books when i was a kid mm-hmm. uh and the role is a 60 year old fisherman and i was like word <laughs> the fuck are we doing wait what <laughs> what is going on and so i kind of had to like truncate my trip almost immediately and like get back stateside stat and put myself on tape for this thing. I, and my, you know, my conversation with my agent was like, what do you mean? She's like, I don't even know either, but they are asking for you. And I was like, okay, cool. And then came back did it, did not think I did a very good job. I did like in my living room, sitting on the floor, just kind of whatever. I think I had shorts on. (laughs) I think it was shorts and like a ripped shirt. I don't know, but just, it was that kind of thing of like, ego taken so far out of it and it was kind of like a pseudo oh book yourself a trip and you'll get a thing i was so detached from doing it and so already like there's no way i'm getting this i'm not 60 years old yeah i just did a random ass read sent it in and the next day they're like can you come in for a fitting and i was like jesus Jesus. so i didn't end up playing a 60 year old fisherman (laughs) go figure but no it is it is that weird cosmic coincidence and I don't get it. Like, how many times has that happened to you? Is It's happened, I want to say, at least three times. It's so weird, man. It's so weird. And it's the universe working. That's all I can sum it up to, is that's the universe. It's the working. universe making sure that actors just don't have money, ever. <laughs> Make sure you don't have money. Because we're not, we're not, like, whenever we book a trip, we're not getting trip insurance. We just yeah. don't. It costs <laughs> too fucking much. And also, there's no way we're booking that job why the hell would we ever book the job? I'm going to go to Cabo for the you know week. What I mean. Yay. And I'm not getting trip insurance, baby. Turn up. And then heading to the airport. Yeah, so you need to come in for a fitting tomorrow. It's like, okay, well, fuck you too. Great. That's Fantastic. So I'm so lucky. Amazing. So, so then was there any relationship to your audition character to, what's your character's name? C- CJ? C- J.B. Cox. J.B. Cox. J.B. Cox. A so mouthful what, of a name. Is there any relationship to a six-year-old fisherman? I think, well, I think the key was what they ended up, the story I ended up getting told by production was that they were auditioning older people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about the part was that the, the character has most of his interactions with like kids. Mm. with like mm. young like 14 year olds trying yeah. to like solve a mystery and he's some shady individual and apparently all of the reads were just coming off as way too fucking creepy <laughs> and they were like we our show will not be aired if we if we hire these guys and like it had to be i guess just the way it was written 
-hmm. it was like too friendly and like too colloquial and way too manipulative that I guess they kind of went like, I think we just need somebody boyish and somewhat charming to like try to (laughs) try to pass this off as like morally and socially acceptable. So whether we achieved that, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty serious 180 on where that part was supposed to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Fascinating. Well, how's it been, though, with Hardy Boys? I thought that, and so that was filmed before, it started filming before COVID. Yeah, then, yeah. We we shot season one pre-COVID, and then mm. we're going, the, the word was we were going to do seasons two and three back-to-back because... You know, such a large part of the uh, the cast was was all these kids who were like kind of on the verge of hitting puberty, yeah. and so they wanted to get them all in before the balls dropped, before mm-hmm. all that happened, and like shoot as much as possible. And then COVID hit, so that all got canned and 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 rain checked, and uh, we just did season two end of end of. Uh, I find that so funny in today's industry, where it's like when when I was a kid. I still remember watching like the OC or Smallville and you think that, Oh, they're in high school, but then the actors themselves are literally 30. Well, have you gone back and like watched any of those now in your adulthood? Because it's painfully obvious how old all these people are. (laughs) And it it did a good job of like scarring me as a child because I was like, okay, cool. So this is what I'm supposed to look like in high school. Yeah. And I'm just looking at my body. Just Pretty like, much. So where's my muscles? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I, it's like, dude, I can never, anybody in the, in the world I ever see, I, I never have a bead on how old somebody might be. Yeah. Like I'll see somebody in the street and honestly, 90% of the people that I walk past that like look vaguely like they could be around my age, I assume everybody is older. I assume everyone is like way older than me because i don't i don't trust anything because it's like fucking disney channel and the oc wasn't hannah montana's older brother like 34 yeah or some shit (laughs) and i found that out when i was like 14 and it ruined my life i got so scared i couldn't keep it together anymore it's crazy it's movie magic and it's why i mean how old are you now I'm 33. 30, You're 33, so I'm 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 29 in a couple days actually. Yeah. Oh, shit. and so many fucking Tauruses, man. So many Tauruses. It's a it's a it's a pandemic. <laughs> but I was talking to my agent just the other day of like a check in, and you know we had the big thing like yeah I'm gonna be yeah. I'm gonna be 30 in in two years. It's it's so exciting. And she goes like, and you still have like such lovely soft skin and like boyish looks. You could still pass for 18. And like my and I get it. And I'm like, yeah, uh, probably. But isn't that like so wrong? Aren't I robbing a bunch of like very well-to-do 18-year-olds from like yeah. a good hard day's work? Yeah. I don't want to be the older brother on Hannah Montana. God bless him. He did a great job and he fooled me. He's one of the greatest actors I think I've ever fucking seen. I thought he was 12. But I don't think I can pull that off. I don't think I can be that guy. Mm-hmm. No, maybe it's fair. just, maybe I just need to be a better actor. I don't know. <laughs> And we'll be right back after this short message. But in the meantime, don't forget to connect with us on our Instagram, at PlayOn2013, and tell us what you think about the show. Do you like mangoes? (laughs) Of course you do. And if you don't, well, I'm sure there's a high chance you might know someone who does. 
Well, the Two Degrees Podcast is sponsored by Peeled Fruit. No, not just random fruit that's been peeled, but the children's book about a mother's love language of peeling mango for her baby. Available for delivery on bookbaby.com, bookshop.org, Barnes & Noble, Powell's, and Amazon, just to name a few of the retailers. It even ships worldwide. Check out at Peeled Fruit Book on Instagram for more information on how to get your copy of this heartwarming story. Peeled Fruit, illustrated by Rhoda Domingo. Now, back to the show. With that, I'm curious now where your head is. Oh, yeah. Hello? Hello? Hey. Hey. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So... I'm curious where your head's at now, because I guess having that talk with your agent also lends to the topic of the transition from youth actor to adult actor. Yeah. Where, where does that leave you? Like, are you are you concerned for this transitional phase, or are you confident that oh yeah I'll. I'm I'm going to do the adult role now. I don't uh, I don't know. I mean, I've been kind of it's it's been a it's been a hot minute now and I think I've kind of been able to navigate a a, a varying degree of ages over the past. Like I I kind of ever since I got into my 20s, um I've actually mostly been playing older than what I actually am. Wow, uh, and I, it's it's weird. I've been very like. What is that like? I think it's I think it's the height. Like I'm six feet tall, and I feel yeah. like that lends age, maybe. Even though I still carry myself like a like a fourteen year old. Yeah. Um. So in terms of a transition, it's just been kind of. I I I guess the the answer would just be that like I I try not to look at roles or parts or projects. In that vein, I, I, I try to just take everything as it comes and not necessarily go like, oh, this is for like a 34-year-old. I'm going to make myself act six years older than I am. Oh, this yeah. is for a 22-year-old. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to de-age myself. I just kind of, like that kind of thing doesn't, doesn't strike me as necessarily important. So the... Yeah, and just in terms of speaking on like any sort of like conscious transition... Uh, as my career has gone on, like, I just don't think there really has been, or at least I haven't really thought about it. It's just been, you know, going from yeah. one thing to the next and doing as good a job as you can. And because uh, because the thing is, like, I'm the kind of person who, like, if I ever, like, sat down and really extrapolated on that idea and made some sort of plan, I think I'd go crazy. I think I would freak myself out and be like, why am I even thinking about that? I can't control this. There are so many things in this industry that are so out of reach that are so out of control. Um, And I think that's one of them. So I would, I would, I would struggle to make sense of it and instead Mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Let it be. Keep the juices flowing. And yeah, absolutely. Just, just, just let it be baby. Yeah. (laughs) Was it, was it something that that you had struggled with or uh, are you in the transitionary period? So I think I've, I've gotten over that hump now. So I think, I think the, the industry now sees me as an adult. Yeah. Um, and it was funny too, because when I first started off, 
um, I had an opportunity to be on Degrassi. Mm-hmm. And I was, I want to say I was 21, 22. And then I'm there, got a call back, got brought to the studio. I'm in with the directors and producers and I'm reading for a grade nine for like a 16 year old, 15, 16 year old. And they loved me, but then the only thing this one exec didn't like was the fact that I was already in my 20s and he wanted me to have a character, a four year character arc. Oh, shit. And he's just like, oh, he thought I was just going to age out of it. And I was like, I guess that's fair. But at the same time, like, at the same time, it's called acting. You know what I mean? And, (laughs) and I, the joke is like I still use the same headshot for future projects from that day. So it's nice. like I was still the same guy. I could have I could have done it. I could have, you know, just made sure to stay very clean shaven and but yeah, when it comes to like this industry and how they try to perceive age ranges, it's mind-boggling to me. Yeah, it's 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 wacky and not an exact science like one day it feels like it doesn't even matter at all and then the next day it's like oh this is everything this is everything and i don't know how to control any of this what is the point what is the point of any of this shit i remember when i was in my 20s as well like there was a point when i was like 24 25 where i was too old to play teenagers but at the same time i was yeah i looked too young to play you know young adults so yep. then I started smoking because I was told that smoking ages you. <laughs> oh my God, dude. <laughs> so, I, so I started killing myself periodically. <laughs> oh my God. And I was just like, yeah, I, I think like for a better part of like five years, I was just putting them back and like, holy no, shit, no aging was happening. Why um, didn't the person tell you like, do the op, like, how, hey, try like moisturizer. It'll make you look younger. You can go for younger roles instead of immediately go to cigarettes, <laughs> pussy. Fucking, <laughs> you're gonna die someday. Jesus, go out, go out in a blaze of glory. Go out swinging. I'm I'm now thinking of like if if we if we composed if we wrote an acting book, there'd be a chapter on no pants and yeah. a chapter on how to transition into an adult <laughs> actor. Yeah, just, just, I guess the key is you want to keep yourself in as neutral of a look as possible. So you can play an age range out of like 40 years, Yeah, 40 years aside from where you are. And it's just, that's, that's it's, it's what they call versatility in this. Absolutely. It's, it's just regular moisturizing. It is wearing uh, long sleeve shirts with t-shirts on top of them that have like flames and like motorcycles on them and shit. Dragons. It's carrying a backpack everywhere, Got dragons, dragon and then and then every night you smoke five cigarettes, <laughs> and you just look like an old ass kid for the You're rest of your career, just, like Steve Buscemi. I, feel, I guarantee you, he has done they that. They want to do a reboot of Benjamin Button. You know? Yeah. Oh my, like, dude, like you have to be ready for any part that might come your way, and I think Benjamin Button too. Mm. Is is uh, is a uh, is a hot is a is a hot script that's being worked on at all. Everything right now. is being reboot right now, so yeah. I can't put that past them. Like the everybody's already on that. Yeah, I think it's called Benjamin Buttoned, but I'm really excited for it. Bring back, bring back Brad. 
Oh, man. Um, but yeah, Atticus, so we've been talking a lot about your acting, but I'm yeah, curious man. to dive into Atticus Dean, oh, the musician. The, 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 the quiet fella. The quiet fella. Tell me about quiet him. Dude. Where did, when did he, when did he come about? Uh, he was spawned many moons ago. Many, many, many moons. Um, so music, let me talk to you about music real quick. <laughs> um, I was, I was brought up and, and raised uh, in a family that like, you know, cared a lot about music. It was such a huge part of our lives. Um, and me and my brothers, I'm the, I'm the middle brother of two. Um, we all had aspirations to play bigger instruments. Uh, my older brother wanted to play guitar. Uh, my younger brother uh, seemed to be obsessed with like trumpets and uh, brass instruments. Um, and I was heavily into drums. I wanted to be a drummer. Like that was the goal. I didn't want to be an actor when I was a kid growing up into my teens. I wanted to be a rock drummer. I thought that was just the coolest thing in the world. And I found that I had a knack for it. Um, the deal was that we each needed to learn piano. We had a, we had a very old piano in uh, the house I grew up in. Okay. And we all had to take lessons, uh, in order to eventually earn uh, whatever instrument we wanted to, uh, yeah. from our parents. Uh, and I, we always kind of like grew up presenting it. It was just like kind of year after year of, of, yeah. of taking lessons, um, and, and hating taking lessons and hating any sort of, or sort of schooling in that regard theory, yeah. like put a bullet in my head. I just couldn't handle it, but I couldn't deny that I was, falling in love with the piano i was i was mm. really forming a deep connection with that instrument um and then by the time i got to i think i was 14 when i got my drum set finally and and pretty much dropped the piano i was like well fuck that i did my time it's time to <laughs> bang some shit out and become this guy i'm gonna be the, i'm gonna be a drum guy now mm. uh and it was great i was in a band with my older brother we we, we played shows all throughout high school a little bit outside of it. Um, I was in, you know, whatever dance band was in my high school as well and just had a blast. Like a it was dance just- band? Yeah, we were like, uh, like there's like junior dance band, senior dance band, like every assembly or like school function, these these big bands would play. We'd all play like tower like power a, like songs. Like a marching band. And, uh, sort of, but we'd play funk music for the most part. And it was okay. a blast. Um, and then by the time I, you know, graduated and the band kind of, we, I mean, we weren't a band anymore. We disbanded. Hey, oh, uh, I was Are you sure you're not the, a comedy writer? Is this I just, I, I mean, I, okay, honestly, with the jokes I've been using, I shouldn't be, and I'm glad I'm not. Um, there's a, there's a market for that. There is an audience for that. Yeah, I think so. Anti-humor, <laughs> anti-humor. I want, I want to be uncle humor. Okay. That's it. That's the last one. Um, so I, I, I felt the pang, the, uh, the, the, the lust back for what the piano was able to offer. And I was just, you know, there's only so much actual music you can make out of a drum set. Uh, for the most part, you're accompanying things. Um, oh, but Dave the, Grohl. Uh, hey, well, he picked up a guitar. It's cheating. And just like me, I went back to piano and, mm, and found that it was 
just like it was what I, what we talked about earlier. It was it was scratching an itch, and it was this this level of of creative output and putting your imagination on display and just feeling it that I just fell back in love with. Um, and then about, yeah, I guess like four, four or five years ago, um, decided to just start recording, decided to just, like, I couldn't tell you how many times my mom would like listen to me play piano and be like, you know, you should write music scores or something because that stuff I just found so influential. Also go figure, hey, I'm making piano music that sounds a lot like what would be in movies. Haha, oh, my two things I love so much. Well, so fucking predictable. But um, I then started to record and that was like a whole other level of mm. investment and kind of reward uh, that, that came from this year, instrument. That Sonder album? Yeah, the first thing I ever did, yeah, was uh, an album called Sonder that I recorded on. I had bought a piano that that year and decided to get a bunch of mics and just put stuff out there for the sake of putting it out there yeah. and seeing what people think. And it was just like the most cathartic, lovely thing. I went from that to like an EP the next year to just fiddling around when I could, put out another thing, yada, yada. And then last year put out my second actual album called uh, The Pantomime, mm -hmm. um, which to this day, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it will change maybe at some point, but I think it's like the, the most proud I've been of anything I've created in my life, I think. Mm. It was just like one of those things that, that you had said when um, you just find yourself lost in in whatever you're creating, like you're not really eating at certain points, you just know that you're onto something and what's coming out of you is like honest and, and, and real. And it's the most honest, real shit I ever done. And uh, do that came out in July all the year. instrumentals yourself? Yeah, I do it all myself. Um, uh, COVID also are, ended up Are they all organic that. sounds as well? Or do you... Yeah, well, at least, at least the first... So the first album and the first two EPs... Um, actually, all the way up until this last one was primarily on the piano I had bought uh, in yeah. my old house in my living room. And you can hear it. Like, when you listen to the music, it's all... You can hear the cracks. You can hear the yeah. room that it's in. Yeah. And uh, I, I thought that was very special. Um, and then COVID ended up impacting that. And suddenly I couldn't really access my old house as often as I would like to because we had like rules and restrictions in place. And it, it was too much of a hassle. But I had all this stuff, all of this, 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 this juice that I was sitting on that, that I needed to put out there. And so I ended up getting a hot tip actually from... Uh, one of my best friends, um, Adam DeMarco, who's also an actor, who yeah. took a uh, some sort of music course and ended up telling me about some website that, like, you know, I hadn't, I wasn't actually really familiar with the world of, of plugins necessarily, or like mm -hmm. using a keyboard. I was like, there's no way a keyboard is ever going to sound as good as an actual piano. And like, my whole thing is that I want it to sound like a real piano. Yeah. And suddenly he clues me on this website. He's like, no, download some of their plugins and see what you think. And I did, and I was like, oh, fuck off. Like, of course, it just suddenly sounds better than like anything I've ever made before. Whatever I'm doing on my keyboard. And so my world got turned upside down. I suddenly was like, oh my you God. I can, 60 year old. I, 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 yeah, I can, I can, I am very technologically not adept. Um, but it, yeah, it, it was like, it was like a shot of adrenaline, like 
straight to the arm of just like, oh my God, I, I'm suddenly seeing visions of like all of this stuff that I can use with now just this keyboard, like it's that easy. And that's all of all of um, the last album, the pantomime was yeah. done just through the keyboard, through whatever I could get my hands on, whatever shit I could fuck with. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of it. And that's where that all came from. Is there any inspiration that lends itself to the type of music and the genre of music you play? Because a lot of um, a lot of artists, especially ones who like, they also act. They'll yeah. they'll play very upbeat. Some would branch off into pop, mm-hmm. and almost all of them would also be singing on it. Yeah, so yours that's true. Is just beautifully crafted instrumentals thank you yeah it's i'm definitely an outlier um i think the, honestly the main thing i can speak to is is my my childhood and then into my adulthood just like constantly having this passion for for film and music and having the desire to just kind of combine the two um i just i just found that what I have an ear for is just that kind of music, that kind of minimalistic contemporary classical kind of stuff. It, it, yeah. It's what gives me the most reward when it comes to playing it. Um, maybe that'll change in the future. Like I, I'm, I'm always up to branching out. Um, I can't sing a lick. So that also probably explains <laughs> why I didn't immediately no, dive but honestly, first like into singer songwriting. With, with the genre itself and, and the type of the style that you play, like, uh, the no you're singing through your instrument yeah i i i I thank you for saying that i i I think the same way i think you can very much with with different artists i mean you can you can hear the person behind the instrument a lot of the time and that's kind of what the whole point is like I, i want whenever i play like i want people to feel what i'm feeling i want people to hear what i'm hearing um and you can pick like the, the any any number of great instrumentalists out there. Like you know when you're hearing Beethoven, you know when you're hearing Jimmy Page play the guitar, you know, you know when, when you hear Ringo Starr on the drums. You know when you hear Justin Bieber. Like that's and that's that's kind of the goal. And it means a lot that you said that. That's 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 very nice. It is it is the uh, Atticus D. The point. Is the instrumentalist of the Bieber era. Oh, he wishes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so now, because especially knowing you and your involvement and and success that you've had within film, is then the goal to get your music placed, or are you gonna create projects that allow you to insert your music? Um, I I'm, I'm, I might one day uh, mm. dip my toe into producing some sort of uh, filmic project. I haven't had that rush yet. Yeah. Um, you know, it's that kind of thing of like, if you're going to do something, obviously, like you have to do it 100%. And mm-hmm. so the, the, the pull of like directing or screenwriting hasn't hit me yet. And I haven't really given it necessarily a second's thought. Um, my, my, my creative drive is kind of limited to acting and playing piano for the most part. Uh, but when it comes to like other people's projects, absolutely. Like I'd always be open. It would, it would be a factor of like, 
I've got to make myself known enough in that regard because yeah. I mean I said it to you in, in in our messages to each other. I'm the worst promoter yeah. of myself in the world. Like I I can barely do it. I am. It's 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 so difficult for me to like really kind of get out there. I'm 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 so of the mind that like once I've done the work, like that's just enough. Yeah. Like I put it out and I'm like, okay, my hands are free of it. It's out there now. Yeah. Who knows what will happen? That's very artist of you. <laughs> it, 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 and, it's, and it's like good, but it sucks at the same time because a lot of time, like I just know I'm screwing myself by, you know, maybe not having as, as big of a social media presence as like I possibly could not like, mm-hmm. you know, being on every door and putting up posters and making merch and all that yeah. kind of shit. Um, and like I should, because it would lead to, you know, probably more opportunities. But for the most part, I'm a, I'm a lazy bastard and I'm okay with it. <laughs> but like, are, are, are you the same way when it comes I, to that kind of thing? Like I, 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 I struggle, I, I struggle with that kind of stuff. Like, especially with this podcast, I'm, I'm happy once it's out there. And then it's yeah. like, I have friends messaging me like, oh, you should do this. You should do this. Yeah. You should like one thing too was like, figuring out when to like drop episodes apparently yeah. there's an algorithm for that and i'm just like okay um do you want to help me and then they're like mm-hmm. nah sorry <laughs> we yeah. have our going on. <laughs> it's like well for fuck's sakes yeah. so i my goal is just to just to keep doing this because it's fun and then yeah man point where it's like i don't want if it as soon as it stops being fun then I'm probably going to move on from it, but yeah, well, that's, that's, that's the key. That's also when, you know, like you'll know when you know, but I mean, may I just say, uh, being a guest on this podcast, it's fucking great. You're a fucking good dude. You're a great actor. You're asking great questions. Uh, I love talking about this shit and I hope that you never fall out of love with it because, uh, you're very good at it and I'm having a great time. Yeah, man. Well, that's, that's, that's it then. I'm going to, uh, well, that's the show. (laughs) (laughs) thanks for having me i got what i needed (laughs) little ego boost a little sound bite yep absolutely dude (laughs) but um no the reason why i asked that too is because i've i've known people to kind of dive into that world of placements and and getting you know hearing about how they had to get their foot in the door and all that yeah and which makes me curious is like do you think because you're already in the industry that transition or that foot in the door would be easy for you or do you think you have to like start from the bottom of this producer ladder i wish i wish i knew hmm. it's it it can it could kind of go either way i mean that's that's also kind of one of those questions that like I think is in the same vein as if ever I were to sit down and like really think about it, I'd probably lose my mind a little bit trying to search for like the right answers. Mm. Uh, because, you know, so much of what we do and so much of like the, the nature of this business is, is chance is right place, right time is right person, you know, having the right conversation when is where in the world are you at a certain point in time by accident, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Uh, and so, that definitely lends itself to the, I think, I guess you could say the lack of proactivity when it comes to really putting yourself out there some of the time. Um, And that didn't actually really hit me until 
I was talking to a friend of mine because it, it was always just enough for me to just do something, have it be put out in the world, whether it was, it was music or, or something in film. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, look forward to the next thing or, or just kind of you do that reset, take the time and take time for yourself and get back in touch with whatever reality you need to get back in touch with. Um, yeah. but I, last year I also did, I did, a a couple episodes on transplant, uh, the CTV NBC show mm-hmm. where I ended up playing a doctor for a good portion of, I think like five or whatever episodes and, uh, did it. It was a great time in Montreal, great couple months. Um, came back, you know, a couple of my friends and family knew about it, obviously. Uh, and then I, I tell a friend of mine who's living in LA, uh, and I'm like, yeah, I did this. And they're like, okay, well, you have to like, let me know when it's out. And I was like, yeah, totally. I will knowing that like, I never will I'm not going to tell you jack shit. I don't really care. And then it, it came to, I think I ended up making one, one Instagram story post that the show had shared. It was like a screen grab of me and um, another actor in the show, uh, Jim Watson and another actress, uh, Laurence LaBeouf. They're amazing. I love them. And I was like, oh, I'll share this. It's a good picture. I can also, I guess, let people know that that the, the show is out. And by this point, it had already been out for like a good like five or six weeks. Mm-hmm. And so I got a response from that very same friend going like, why the fuck didn't you tell me this was on TV? And my initial response was like, oh, like, sorry, I just like, I don't personally like care to really stay on the ball and like keep people updated in like what's happening in my life. It's out of your pay grade. You're not. But then at the the same time, I I had like kind of a change of heart and I, because she ended up responding again and going like, well, you know, like I would have really have liked to have seen it. And like, she still obviously can, like it's, it's, it's out there, like the internet exists, but like, I kind of for the first time in a while, I like got it. And I was like, oh, no, it does that. Like as my friend, it does mean something to you personally to like see this stuff and like know when it's on and like support me. And so I apologize. I was like, oh yeah, actually, you know what? You are right. I'm sorry. Uh, I need to do a better job of that, of like, I guess not necessarily like being proud of the things I mean, because I am, I'm, I'm endlessly proud. I fucking love it. It's great. But like being okay enough and comfortable enough to yeah let yourself put it out there and let yourself like be seen to be proud of stuff yeah i don't know like maybe that's kind of it and it's still baby was, was steps. That, like was i'm that still ever a thing that like um you struggled with before as well i think i think i was actually probably pretty adept at it um when i was younger i think i was also okay to be fair i was also like when I was doing all the Disney channel stuff and like, you know, getting, getting eyes on me from like all over the world. Um, in like social media wasn't huge. It wasn't the biggest thing in the world. It was like just really starting. Instagram was just starting up. And so when it came to anything like that, like it was, it wasn't my life. It wasn't something that was ever really a factor. Yeah. And so, but I think that probably if it was like, I, I, I think I would have been all over it. I think I would have been like posting shit nonstop and being like, watch this. And oh, I'm going to do this. And look, I'm in, I'm over here now. And take a look at me. Ah, ah, ah. Mm. Uh, but that just kind of dwindled. It dwindled. I think uh, mostly, and, and you might share the same thing as me, probably a lot of your listeners will too, yeah. for all you guys listening out there, 
um, uh, not a very great relationship with social media. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's the biggest thing in the world. It's, it's so big and too often it's so easy to see how harmful it can be and how not exactly really close to reality it is. And so, yeah, over the past, I guess, you know, five or six years, there's just been this willful detachment and kind of fall out of love with it. That's why, um, that's why my reset period involves stepping away from it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do the same thing. Yeah. You, you, you kind of have to, like, I don't, I don't, oh, I don't know how I couldn't, obviously everybody's different, but yeah, when it comes to any, any sort of time where like you need to give your head a shake and just like kind of get back out in the world or get new experiences or anything like that, like I, social media just, it, it just bogs you down. It keeps you, it keeps you held in that place because it's stagnant. Like it doesn't, it evolves, think, but it doesn't move. I, I, as stagnant as it comes across too, I think the most detrimental part of it is the comparative aspect. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, all it takes is one post of somebody oh, dude. else doing great. To and it can make you sick to your stomach. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 It's, it's and obviously like, that goes for anybody in really any field at all, but especially when it comes to anything in the arts, anything like modeling, music, acting, anything like that. It's, you know, you're you're already going to struggle with that from the beginning. You're already going to be like, oh, I, I, I'm seeing a shallow man on screen. I'm going like, why isn't that me? And then to suddenly willfully let yourself like be bombarded every day with everything that's happening in other people's lives that doesn't like involve you. Yeah, I don't know how more people. I mean, maybe people are going crazy. I don't know, but the the key was at least for me to just yeah make for, force the detachment and go like this. This isn't this isn't real. It isn't. Yeah. It's yeah. good for you know whatever promotion I can do. It's good because I have family and friends that I like keeping tabs on and I like seeing yeah. what they do and I love them and I care about them. But other than that, it's it's. It's dangerous. It's scary. I'm always reminded of that David Bowie interview with MTV when he was talking about the internet back in like 98. Do you know that one? I want to say yes, but please refresh me. It's pretty profound. It's just, it's, it's, it's the early days of the internet. And mm -hmm. uh, the guy's talking, he's like, yeah, you know, Bowie, uh, it's, it's going to be so exciting, like being able to send uh, emails, like, what do you think about this kind of thing? And yeah. Bowie back in, yeah, like 98 is going like, I think that this is like probably going to be the most terrifying thing that humanity has ever created. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean? Yeah. He's like, the, the, from what I can gather, there is going to be no limit to what these machines and what the internet can do. Every, like the, the world is going to change. It's going to change on a dime. Suddenly things in life before that were out of reach, everything is going to be available all the time. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Which by the way, have you seen that movie? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, dude, I, I don't know if you had that the same moment, but whenever I'm <gasps> talking about it, I have to share it. But it made me realize, dude, that, Nobody knows what the hell they're doing, man. And that everybody is just trying their best in the present moment. Yeah. And 
it gave me a new perspective of what my parents went through when they were raising me. Yeah. Because it's like, when we're growing up, we think our parents have it together and we think our parents know what they're doing. They, they wanted to be parents, so they should have known how to be parents. But then the reality of it is they were fucking winging it every day. Yeah, man. And here I am. Like, Everybody they did a is. great job. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just fascinating to think where nobody knows what the hell they're doing. They're just mm-hmm. hoping that what they're doing in that moment isn't going to kill them. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the yin and yang of yeah. nothing matters, so why bother? Versus nothing matters, so you might as well be kind and generous. Yeah, yeah. It was fucking beautiful. It's it's uh, that is that is the one thing outside of yay, listen to my music. Woo. The one thing I will promote is is this movie by Daniels called Everything yeah. Ever All at Once. Everybody go see it. It's the best movie I've seen in like five years. Yeah. Holy shit, it is a it is it is a game changer. Yeah. I have already seen it three times. It's the best. I can't wait to see it again. Very, very special movie, and I'm glad that uh it's it's getting the attention that it so deserves it's it's beautiful like so like so often there'll be a movie that comes out that i'll see and i'll be like why isn't everybody seeing this thing why isn't this like a cultural like landmark why aren't people seeing this this movie that i really care about i think is very special yeah and then one like this comes along and i have the exact same reaction but people are seeing it and more and more people are seeing it and word of mouth like works and people are being affected by it and nobody has a bad thing to say about it. And everybody's coming with away from it with uh, exactly what you said. Like, a, strangely enough, like a weird new lease on life that can kind of only come from like seeing something that profound and that touching. I think that it's just, just, pure just beautiful. Art. Yeah. Oh, I just loved it. It's so I, great. I think that scene where there are rocks. Yeah, be, man. That, that alone should garner awards. <laughs> the whole fucking movie like oh, oh my god when 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 the, the the fighting is all being stopped by waymond yeah and he's turning around and he's going like this this a spoiler alert to anybody listening but he's like i don't know why we're fighting but like this all feels like it's my fault and then he mm. finally gets the attention yeah of his wife he finally that she's able to actually see him and she sees their life together yeah and how he has seen their relationship, their love. I died. I fucking, oh my God, dude, I was a mess. I, there are like certain movie scenes that I'll watch where, you know, you can like feel yourself about to cry. And especially in a theater, like a theater cry just hits because you're, you're trying to hold it in so hard because it's almost weirdly kind of like embarrassing, but then yeah. suddenly it's just coming out and it's just the floodgates open yeah. man and i was a i was a wreck but oh, do, crying like through the biggest smile the biggest grin i've had watching a movie in fucking forever like yeah it was amazing wonderful that's the kind of shit you know you watch a movie like that and that's where the inspiration is coming from it's exactly what i'm talking about like i see that movie and i'm going like i god i love this i love being able to do what i'm able to do seeing a movie like that it's like this is what it's all about the chance to make something like that too where it's like when you're in a theater and it's it's such a great space to be sharing similar emotions absolutely strangers around you human connection baby oh my god and but like to have 
to hear an entire theater laugh is one thing, but then to hear an entire theater cry <sighs> is that's that's just that's just yeah. a, a sign of you know an incredible piece of work that in the same is. movie like yeah. just scene after scene after scene it was wild <laughs> love it i can't wait to see it again holy shit <laughs> oh man but uh atticus thank you so much for dude your time and then for lending me such beautiful insight uh I brother couldn't be more grateful uh thanks for having me man i really appreciate it but uh, yeah, other than that, um, you got uh, Hardy Boys out, you got your music out, and, 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 and did I see that you're working on another project in the meantime? Um, yeah, well, just, uh, you know, Transplant, I guess that's out on uh, NBC, CTV, yeah. uh, pretty damn good show. That was a nice one to be a part of. Um, we're we're going to be doing season three of Hardy Boys this year. Um, and for the so most fun. part, I, just... I, I want to get you back and, and I want to flush more about Hardy Boys out. And I'm oh, for sure. Yeah, that'd be great. Rowan needs to get on this damn show. So I, well. That would be so good. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's about it. In the meantime, you know, back to music, back to enjoying life, back to getting outside. The weather's good. So I want to go for a walk. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I'm about to go yeah, for man. a run as well, but, um, Perfect. everybody make sure to check out Atticus Mitchell and Atticus Dean on Spotify Ooh. and follow him on his very, very lively Instagram page because he's, <laughs> he's, 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 he's an, it's an endless supply of content. <laughs> but other than that, thank y'all for coming out and joining us on the Two Degrees podcast brought to you by the Play On Foundation. Check out www.letsplayon.org for more information on how to be part of this neurological research and brain aneurysm development and prevention. But other than that, thanks for coming out and Magina Creole. Sweet. Thank you all for tuning in. Artwork by Monique Lizardo. Music by Kate Cole. If you enjoy the podcast, please like, subscribe, share, tag us, whatever all the fun things people do when they like something. But most importantly, check out www.letsplayon.org for the Play On Foundation and lend your voice in bringing awareness to the neurological research for brain aneurysm detection and prevention. My name's Javi. See you next time on the Two Degrees Podcast. <laughs>